Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Monday edition of the show, welcoming you to Senior Bowl Week, the big stop on the All-Star Circuit. The best seniors in the country will be in Mobile, Alabama, and so will you and I, Kyle, and the rest of the TDN staff to break down and analyze everything that will happen. So, Kyle, welcome to the show. We in here. And you'll have to excuse my raspy voice as I was screamed through these championship games last night. We we really got into it, Joe. We were feeling it. We we had rooting interest in both football games, and lo and behold, we came out batting 500, which is typically what the football gods are going to give you regardless, right? Yeah, too bad we couldn't reverse uh, what went Please. our way. But uh, D Ford, damn it, D Ford wanted to line up in the neutral zone there, and uh, well, we could point to some other things, but I think that was the critical, the most critical mistake. Yeah. So uh, anyway, while we're here at the Senior Bowl, one of the things that we are going to be doing that we're very thrilled about, and we announced kind of unceremoniously last night as we had this all aligned for us, is we're doing a live stream show. And we're really excited about that. So if you guys follow us on Twitter, uh, you know, Joe is at the Joe Marino. I'm at Grinding the Tape. But the Draft Network LLC is going to be hosting our live stream events and festivities for the entire draft season. And our first event along the way is the Senior Bowl. The Draft Network Senior Bowl show brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Corporate Sales. That's got a nice little ring to it, doesn't it, Joe? Sure does. Sure does. So, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, immediately after practice, we're going to take to the airwaves. We're going to do 30-minute shows each day. We're going to recap what happened in practice. We're going to talk about the players that are of note, and we're going to kind of set the storyline and and paint you guys the picture of exactly what is happening here. So set your alarms, right? We want to make sure 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time rolls around. You guys are ready to see our bright, shining, smiling faces Right there at Lad People's Stadium, we'll be streaming it from the Draft Network LLC, and uh, I'm pretty excited about it because Joe, you and I have done two years of actual draft streams, but to do a Senior Bowl show is new for us this year, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of good segments. Paige Demakos, the talented Paige Demakos, Demakos will be the host, and of course, uh, all the great analysts that you hear and read on a daily basis at the Draft Network will be there to give you what we hope is a very fun, entertaining, and insightful show so please remember to tune in for that you can also catch them on youtube if uh, you miss it live it'll be it'll be uh, archived for you there so uh, you you won't miss it uh, if you can't be in front of your computer at that time but kyle with the event right on the horizon here yes let's talk about how to evaluate it from a scout's perspective what are you looking for what are some of the themes what are some of the benefits of, of evaluating players live in mobile yeah, I think it's it's kind of the Shrine game put on steroids, really, as far as the players that are put in a new situation in a fresh environment, and everybody's kind of posed with the challenges that are involved. The players really go through a gauntlet. It's, it's not to the extreme of the combine, but everybody flies in, and you get oriented on Monday or on Sunday or Monday, and you got media day, and then you go to practice, and you're interviewing with teams, and 
how do they respond to that environment? You know, who, who has that infectious personality that you can really tell loves being here and loves football and everything that that entails? I think that is a really underrated part and piece of doing player evaluation because football's a grind. You know, what we do is a grind. I can't imagine actually playing a football season and the training that's involved year-round, and you have to love it. And there's some guys that you meet and you know they love it. And there's some guys and you come away and you're a little bit more speculative of whether or not they do or whether or not it was an opportunity for them or what what their motivations are. So I think that's one major key. Another major key for me is taking to the NFL coaching. Who gets better as the week goes on? You want to see firsthand the guys that struggle catching the ball, guys who struggle with their route specifics, and as they get this NFL coaching from these professional coaches, who blossoms throughout the course of the week, who really takes the next step. So those are things that I'm personally looking for in this event. Yeah, I mean, just to kind of uh, expand on on finding guys that love football and love the process, I think if you listen to every NFL general manager, every NFL head coach, when they talk about what they're looking for in prospects, players they're going to draft, they're going to talk about guys that are wired the right way, guys that love football, that love the game. And while talent tends to trump all a lot of times, uh, we start to get some clues on who loves the game by observing them throughout the course of this week because by the end of this thing, They've been through a lot. There's been a lot of conversations, a lot of long days, and whose energy level is up and who's still enthusiastic is, is very, very telling. Obviously, being able to get live eyes on these players is always beneficial. I mean, that's why you and I do so many scouting trips each, each year to get live eyes on games and players at games. And this is a big, just a, a melting pot, I guess, of, of players that you know we want to see. And so we get to see them all under the same stage, under the same circumstances, and really get a, get a feel for how they move compared to their contemporaries at their position and how they, uh, how physical they are, how they hold up in terms of, of play strength. All of those things are going to be revealed right in front of us. And so being able to see everyone under the same circumstances gives you a really good insight into what their talent level is, especially for the small school guys. And Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Senior Bowl, has done a great job of identifying some small school talent and getting to see them against great competition, one-on-ones, isolated. There's no room to hide. And so being able to, uh, to use that for the evaluation purpose is very, very beneficial and something that I look forward to and take away from Mobile each year. Yeah, and uh, I don't know how dry we're going to be. Oh, no, no. And this is, this is a first for us. Yep. You know, we had, we had one wet practice. We might have three days of wet practices here this week. So we're kind of keeping an eye on the, uh, the weather and what it's going to do. But I think regardless, there's still plenty of value to be had. Obviously, you'd like the field to be dry so you can see guys you know, live game speed or practice speed. And uh, there's some cool tools that they implement throughout the course of the Senior Bowl. Uh, they, they put sensors in all the players. They tell you who's running at peak speed, who's moving the most, who's the most active guys at practice. They chip the balls for ball velocity. So you get some cool nuggets throughout that too. And that, that's kind of more the fun side of things. But, Joe, if we're talking about the Senior Bowl and how to scout it, you can't talk to me without talking about the Exos film room. Yeah. This thing is a football guy or girl's dream. You walk in, and there's six different projectors with a table and a pull-down screen, and you get the coach's clicker, and you can go through practice from the previous day and just sit there and rewind and fast-forward and watch the individual drills from the end zone angles and 
really gained appreciation. It was where last year I gained my appreciation for Kamoko Ture's bend. Mm-hmm. Remember this pass rush rep that just didn't make sense. You know, it's the one-on-ones are geared and slanted towards defensive players. There's plenty of room to work. And it's not a realistic simulation of what you're going to get in a football game. But you can see individual athletic qualities in these drills, and that's where they're valuable. I remember watching Will Hernandez and thinking coming into the week that he was super stiff. And then I watched him unlock his hips and redirect on a pass set, and his hips probably hinged 135 degrees in one step just to prevent that guy from slanting back across his face. I think it was Nathan Shepard was the rep it was against. Kamoko Ture, tilting off the edge, carrying speed at an extreme angle, extreme ankle flexion, lower body tilt. Those sorts of things you get to see in this environment, and you gain a further appreciation for them when you get to see them in person or when you really get to pick apart the practice film. Yeah, and both the players you mentioned wind up being second-round picks, even though you know Will Hernandez is a small school yeah. guard, and Kamoko Ture, a guy who really didn't have a lot of great production and battled injuries, but uh, you know the Senior Bowl was bo- were, you know was very big and instrumental for them. Actually, wind up being you know early day two picks, so a very valuable part of the process. Kyle, uh, want to kind of flip the script here and talk about some of the questions we have that we want to have answered this week in practice, and and you know this is going to be a good time, like we talked about, to isolate some of these players and really kind of finalize our, our assessments on them with what we can learn from you know f- about them from what they do at the Senior Bowl. And so I, some guys that I have written down, I guess we can kind of bounce back and forth here and talk about some of those players and what we want to learn. The first guy that popped for me was Louisiana Tech edge rusher Jalon Ferguson. He's a guy that is the NCAA's all-time leader in sacks. And that matters. That is an important statistic, Kyle. This is a player that has got to the quarterback more than any other player in the history of NCAA football. Big deal. And so, well, why aren't we talking about him consistently at the top of the draft if he does something so important at a high level in college? Well, we have questions about his athletic ability. We have questions about his flexibility and bend and burst. And so, do should we have those questions or, or are those things that there's enough technical refinement there or we're underestimating what we're seeing on film and so this offensive line group isn't bad we've seen some pretty underwhelming offensive line groups at the senior bowl and for all the years that we've been there but this group looks to be pretty good and i think it's going to be a great measuring stick to understanding really truly what is ferguson's pass rushing upside in terms of physical traits and referring to athletic ability flexibility and you no know, power and those types of things. So how does he truly win? I think there's going to be a lot to learn from Ferguson this week. Yeah, the first name that comes to mind for me is another pass rusher. It's uh, John Kaminsky, small school kid. And, and Ben Solak did a great feature on him. He interviewed him specifically for a piece for the Draft Network. But small school kids in general. You know, we, we talked about what Will Hernandez was able to do coming in from UTEP. Kaminsky's even smaller school than that, right? We had Ali Marpet a couple years ago. Uh, the tight end, Adam Shaheen, came in, I believe, as a senior bowl. No, he left early, didn't he? I think so. So he wasn't, he wasn't there. But we've seen some small school kids. Carson Wentz, FCS quarterback, ends up going in the top two. And the question we always get is, how do you quantify level of competition? Well, welcome to the great neutralizer. Everybody here is on the same field. They're all playing against each other. They're playing at the same speed. They're asked to do the same things. And you really get to get an appreciation for who can do it well and who can't. So in the sake of a guy like John Kaminsky, I'm looking for what do your pass rush counters look like? How much length do you have? What's your first step look like? 
Those sorts of answers can be had even in an all-star setting in practice. So for as highly touted as he has been, Jim Nagy was pumped when they locked him in. He made a big deal about that, that acceptance. Um, I'm coming in with a certain level of expectation, and I haven't been able to get my hands on any film yet. <laughs> so this is going to be a great yeah. chance for a great first impression for John Kaminsky. Kyle, uh, one thing we talked about this weekend in, in some of our casual conversations was this linebacker class. And there's a couple guys at the top. Well, I guess three guys at the top, Mac Wilson, Devin White, Devin Bush. You feel like those are the, the clear-cut top three backers in the class. And if you need one, you better get one of those three because after that there's a pretty steep drop-off. Well, we get a chance to get a look at NC State linebacker Jermaine Pratt in this event. And could he be in that top five conversation? I'm not really sure. He's a safety convert, one-year starter. But for a safety convert, he's kind of weird because he's a bigger player. He's probably going to check in around 6'3", probably around 240 pounds. But he doesn't necessarily move like you would expect a defensive back that moved to linebacker. And you know, So what I want to see from Pratt is what is your lateral mobility? What is your range? Can you cover? Can you carry a tight end down the seam? And we're going to see those isolated – in 1v1s. Can you, can you get out and buzz out into the flats and really cut off the angles of running backs? Can you carry them down the field on a wheel route? There's a lot that we're going to be able to dissect from watching Jermaine Pratt this, year, this week in a linebacker class that needs players to emerge. We need to find other quality backers or else we're just going to be stuck with these three guys at the top. And so Pratt, hopefully he can have a big week and, and make a case for himself to be a day-two pick. Pratt's not a guy I'm crazy about, but former safety, right? Yep. I want him to drop a little weight. If the guy needs to move, I want to see him move. I didn't think he moved all that well. Right. I don't disagree. He's tight. Um, you know who's tight? In a totally different kind of way. Tyree Jackson throws a tight football. <laughs> you were wondering where I was going with that, I weren't you? He was. Seamless transitions here on the Draft Dudes podcast. Uh, I watched some, uh, some Tyree Jackson. Uh, watched three games yesterday throughout the course of the championship games and kind of culminated with Toledo and all the peaks and valleys were there in this football game. He's got all the physical tools. He threw a ball 56 yards on a rope. I popped up off the couch and said, Joe, come here, you got to see this throw. And I made you and John watch the throw. But at the same time, it's a lot of misreads in coverage, and this is a beautiful example of getting a quarterback who played in a smaller setting like Buffalo and putting him with NFL coaches. And if Tyree Jackson really thrills coaches with what he shows and passes the interviews with flying colors, heck, this might be a day-two quarterback. You know, he's very raw, so... My instinct is to slot him on day three and peg him as a day three quarterback prospect. But with the tools that he has, with this quarterback class, if teams like him mentally between the ears, they're going to jump at him. And it's a great opportunity for him to really set the tone of his draft circuit and create some expectations and some positive momentum because physically, oh, man. This kid can throw the bucket ball. He can throw deep balls. He can throw far-breaking or far-sideline routes breaking to the sideline. He can generate a lot of velocity on the ball. He manipulated the pocket pretty well. He's sliding laterally, stepping up, throwing into pressure with, with guys in his face, not afraid to take a hit. There's some things to like with Tyree Jackson. 
Now, I want to see consistency with the skeletons and 7-on-7 and the 11-on-11s and making good decisions in those situations and getting better as the course of the week goes on. All right, Kyle, i got another name I want to bring to the table here. That is Miami's cornerback? Cornerback? Sheldrick Redwine? Whatever it is. It's weird, right? Because I've, I've paid very close attention throughout his career to him, and he played a little bit of corner early on, but then he really settled in as a safety. And he's a guy that I thought was a pretty versatile safety. I like him best in zone coverage, in the box, playing forward. He's very physical, but never once in my entire life of watching Sheldrick Redwine did I ever think he was going to be a boundary corner. Well, lo and behold, that's where he's going to play this week in Mobile. And so I guess it's kind of a curious thing for me because I don't understand why I thought he was a perfectly fine fit at safety. But is there a little bit more to this player? Is he... What type of a corner is he? Is he a man-to-man? Is he an off-man corner? Can he get up in, into the, uh, line up on the line of scrimmage and get his hands and redirect guys and press coverage? Does he have zone capabilities? And so, like, talk about taking a 180 on where I thought a player was and what I thought he was going to be in the NFL, and now he's aiming to show this more versatile skill set or really illustrate the, play, the position that he truly belongs in. I think it's going to be a, a really interesting week to gauge who Sheldrick Redwine is uh, because we're going to learn a lot based on this transition. Right. Joe, I'm actually going to steal one off your list. I'm going to talk about Zach Allen, who I think might be the best defensive player here with the exception of Nasir Adderley. Yep. Uh, Adderley's an exciting ad, but he's one of those small school kids. He's from Delaware Safety. I don't have any questions on Asir Adderley. I think he's just—he's a total stud uh, playing him on the back end. Zach Allen, there's a narrative. Does he play inside? Does he play outside? Can he soften angles off the edge? Can he turn the corner? Well, I think Zach Allen, based on what I've seen on film, I think can be a very quality starting defensive lineman in the NFL. And I'm not going to get too mixed up in, is he playing three technique? Is he playing five technique? Is he playing base defensive end? Because he could stack up blockers at the line of scrimmage and at the point of attack. Shows good separation skills. He's got an elite motor with his effort. He moves much better than what he should for a guy of his size. And depending on where you slot him as his primary position and responsibility, he can add or drop a little bit of weight either way, and I think he'd be just fine. And no, he's not super explosive like a Rayshon Gary. Joe and I did a Zach Allen versus Rayshon Gary uh, the other day in the studio. You guys will get that video coming up here in the near future. But uh, he is a player that I think wins with his hands, and that's always been a spot that I've had a soft spot for. And I think we're going to see Zach Allen in this situation in Senior Bowl, and we're going to see him play with his hands and win reps that way. And that, for me, is a big, big deal. Yeah, for sure, Kyle. He's going to be a fun player. And uh, I'm get, I, I want to see if he can win around the outside consistently around offensive tackles so does he have enough burst and flexibility to turn corners I think that's going to be interesting to find out with Zach Allen Kyle um, I guess one little bonus one here I mentioned this guy on the Lockdown NFL Draft podcast on Friday when we were on there for the Super Show but I think Garrett Bradbury has a big opportunity this week to maybe solidify himself as a top center in this class I love his ability to reach block get out in space and win on the move but does he have enough play strength to play right away or is he a guy that needs another year in the weight room in an NFL system to add that play strength so that he has enough power to really not be a liability setting the depth of the pocket and so I'm anxious to gauge that more this week this week to find out if he's going to be a starter I think 
right away or if he's more of an eventual starter. But I really love his skill set, and I'm anxious to see him this week. Folks, that's a wrap. As we said, the Draft Network Senior Bowl Show presented by Mercedes-Benz Corporate Sales debuts tomorrow, approximately 6 p.m. We can't guarantee when practice is going to be over, Joe, but when practice is over, we'll be seeing you live streaming at Draft Network LLC on Twitter. If you miss the Twitter slash Periscope live stream, then you can find it on YouTube, and we promise we will put that out for you so you can get caught up. Make sure you're following us at the Joe Marino and at Grinding the Tape. And, of course, we'll be back with Draft Dudes the rest of the week to kind of break down in further detail because we will be joined on the Senior Bowl show with all of our analysts at the Draft Network, which we're very excited about. You'll get your 20 to 30 minutes of unrestricted Draft Dudes talk Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. As always, Kyle Krabs with Joe Marino. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Draft Dudes podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.